What's up, man? How you doing this morning? Oh, dude, man. Leave me. How am I doing? How are you doing? How are y'all doing? Y'all see the ticker on the bottom of the screen, right? It says oh, Panthers man. win with a bunch of exclamation marks. Yeah, that's how I'm oh, doing. No. I'm doing terrific, yeah. man. With all, I mean, the thing is also like everybody should be happy. Like they're, yeah. they're celebrating the locker room. They're having a good time. They're, they're excited. We want them to be excited. If anybody's shitting on them for being excited and celebrating the locker room, something's wrong with you, man. Something's yeah. wrong with you. We we saw in person. Everybody was saying we, we should have taken CJ. CJ's good. Like he's the guy and Bryce the bus and blah, blah blah. You saw them play head to head, and you yeah. saw Bryce look absolutely amazing, man. Yes. So CJ looked okay too, but Bryce, man, so good. Yeah, ah. So I, I thought that CJ looked fine, man. I thought that yeah, CJ looked yeah. like a rookie quarterback who was playing yeah. in in a in a tough game, right? Like. What we've seen from Bryce a lot this year is what I saw yeah. from CJ Stroud, and that's completely okay and, and expected almost in a way. But what yeah. we saw from Bryce this week, man, I, I, I'm telling you, there's gonna it's gonna take a serious concerted effort to bring me down this week because I saw so much from that kid today or on Sunday that makes me feel really optimistic going forward. And and I don't think that it's all just because of the switch over to Thomas Brown, right? Um, mm -hmm. I think that that played a a really big part in it because Thomas Brown, you made a great and astute observation last week on, on the show. And you said that Thomas has a more natural feel for operating this offense, right? Because it's more of his offense and, and the blend of him and Frank's that you just felt that Thomas was going to be able to sequence things a little bit better oh, and yeah. have an idea of when to deploy some concepts and things of that nature. I saw it, man. Like that's, that was one of the things that stood out to me. And it was the natural flow of the game for Bryce that kind of made that evident as well. But there was also something Matt Waldman pointed this out to me. There is something that has happened with Bryce Young, and it's incredible that he has almost calibrated the NFL as the Pope, as though what he used to be able to do at Bama, right? He has almost acted like this like Terminator T2 machine where he has surveyed the entire landscape, figured out what he can and can't do, what does and doesn't work. He's built like this baseline of data that he is now drawing from. And we're seeing this incredible processing that was always revered, right? It was always mm -hmm. called his superpower. We're seeing it happen now. He just didn't right. have all of the experience and data that he needed to start operating the way that he wants to in the NFL. We saw yeah. him with the internal clock, man, he was moving. He could sense that pressure and he was climbing in the pocket, which we talked about a lot last week. Yeah. That interior line held up a little bit on the pass pro and allowed him oh. to climb up into it as opposed to moving left and right, east, west. He climbed the pocket, man, and that's when he made some of his absolute best throws. Yeah. Throws that, by the way, I don't want to hear anything else about him having tiny arm and can't make these NFL throws. This dude made like elite caliber NFL throws on the yep. run, pinpoint accurate, ball placement, anticipation, every single thing that you want to see that will make JTO Sullivan go from six to midnight watching film. It was yep. absolutely terrific, man. Um, I, I'm just really happy, dude. The Panthers win. <laughs> And, and Texans, man, that defense is good. Like that's a good football they, that, that team. Defense, that defense held uh, uh, the Steelers to six points. They held the yeah. the uh, Saints to thirteen points. Like they've held 
teams down and yeah. we looked good against them and they were coming off by like they we i mean we just looked sharp right we, I, w- I wish if we got fourth and two i think that we would have been kind of ran away with it uh not yeah. random like you know what i'm saying like we, we would have I would I would not have been as nervous at the, sure. <laughs> towards the end of the game, um, but but no, you know, that's, let's, that's good. Good. No, no. But you were saying about the Texans being a good team, and I think that that's something that's worth noting, though, because there's this like weird thing that happens a lot that when the Panthers do something well, especially after doing stuff poorly to begin the year, we do one thing well, and everyone wants to make an excuse on why we were able to do well and find right. success. And say, well, this Texans team, they didn't play. Well, they're not very good. Dude, we have all been screaming about how cohesive that team plays together. Offense, defense, the coaching, Bobby Slowick's offense, D'Amico Ryan's taking that defense and molding it into what he wants it to be. We we say that every single week up until they play us and we beat them. And all of a sudden there's this narrative of, yeah, but I mean, the Panthers had to beat the Texans to get their first win of the season. No, man. Saints couldn't could beat the Texans. Yeah, we didn't have to get the Texans to get our first win of the season. We won despite facing a better Texans team. This yeah. team has better weapons. Like Everyone wants to talk about all of that. Tank Dell against Jonathan Mingo. All of these conversations. Nico Collins, we don't have anything like him. And it's true, we don't. But yeah. we still put together a better performance on both sides of the football in that game on Sunday. And that's big credit to this coaching staff that we have been fairly tough on for the entire season because it's been so disappointing and perplexing, some of the things that they've done. I thought that Ajiro Evero had this defense ready to play on Sunday against that Bobby Slowick offense, man. the, The entire league has had a difficult time figuring out how to counter some of the things that Slowick has incorporated in that offense. Evero got in his bag in a major way on Sunday. And if that doesn't make you feel good, man, after seeing this team decimated by injuries and still come out and perform like that, I, there is some, like just immense possibilities with this football team yeah. that they can start putting things together on a consistent basis. Yeah. For example, Steelers, they got 30 against the Steelers. They got 37 against the Jaguars. Yeah. They beat the Jaguars 37 to 17. They beat the Steelers yeah. 30 to 6. They yeah. ain't scrubs, man. They beat the Saints. No. Like, they, they ain't scrubs. <laughs> I don't know. Dude, the Jaguars, we talk about the Jags a lot as like what you would love to see from a trajectory standpoint for the Panthers, right? You draft your franchise quarterback, you get that defense, some aggressive pass rushers, and, and, and kind of change the mentality. That's a good Jaguars team, man. Yeah. We fully anticipate yeah. them making the playoffs and competing in the AFC going forward, right? Yeah. If you, they if you beat them 37 yeah. to 17. Yeah. <laughs> They held that. They held ETN. They held Trevor Lawrence. They held yes. Ridley. They held, like we don't got those guys. No like, man. I, I like we got guys. Bryce Young though, and we got Super now. So <laughs> oh man, yeah. It's uh all right. Let's let's get let's get into it. Uh, like, yeah. We usually just go offense defense. So we've already talked about yeah. Bryce enough. I think the huge questions are um, that basically uh, uh, Reich said it's a meritocracy. Like yo, you want to play? You do something well. Yeah. Miles ain't playing. Her ain't playing that much. Uh-huh. It's Trimble and it is Chuba, which mm-hmm. really surprised me that Chuba was so good, even like in, in passing game as well. Uh, I, I, he's good. He's a good back. He's a good running back, and I don't think that. I, I think that those vets ain't happy. Do you think that's how it's going to be going forward? 
Yeah, well, so the interesting thing I thought about the whole merit meritocracy thing that Reich said, mm. I think it's a meritocracy now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? I don't think it was prior to this bye week. I think prior to this bye week, Frank Reich was doing what you typically see a first-year head coach doing. And I mean first-year with the team. Obviously, Frank has coached before. But yeah. first-year head coach doing with a new roster with players brought in by the GM that they really want to succeed and they really want to be the focus of the team. I think that I mean, we've preached it, right? There are guys that play better than some of these big money acquisitions. I think that for Hayden Hurst, man, it's really frustrating because he's he's a good ball player when you play him to what he does well. I don't think that blocking is one of those things. Hayden Hurst is not a terrific blocker. And we heard Thomas Brown throw out the adage, no block, no rock, right? Yeah. That's, I mean, there's there's just an emphasis on what Thomas Brown wants his offensive skill players to be able to do. And Hayden struggles with that sometimes. So while I still think that there's a way for him to get involved, you also saw Steven Sullivan take his very few snaps that he was out there. I think he was out there for 13 snaps on Sunday. Yep. And he made a couple of plays, man. And like the dude has more of a vertical game as far as being a pass catcher that yeah, Hayden Hurst has. Hayden Hurst has the hands that you want. That, or at least that was his thing. He was supposed to have the hands that you want for a security blanket. Uh, where are those? Like, where, where have those gone? And I'm not trying to be mean about Hayden because I want him to lock in and I want him to start contributing on this offense, man. I think that he could still open up some things for us. Mm. But if, if his hands aren't going to be consistent and reliable, there's not a whole lot that he brings to the table that Tommy Tremble doesn't clear. Yeah. Tommy Tremble is an athlete. Tommy Tremble right. wants to drive you into the ground when he blocks you. And he honestly, man, his hands have improved. We've seen him drop a little bit, but I have seen him make some really nice catches and some nice route running out there as well. Yeah, I, I'm all there. on board of Tremble, man. Like yeah. give Tremble as many snaps as he can handle because I truly believe that he could be the future of this team at the tight end position if he could start putting things together. Yeah, last year Tampa was pretty good against the tight end, and Tremble's the one that caught that last ball before when we were up like 17 and freaking uh, we just lost it. Um, but yeah, Tremble was making plays at the end of the year, uh, and then this year it was like, where, where, where is he? Right. But I think. We were using Hurst like a, a, a like a very. It's it basically it was like we're using him as like Michael Thomas, like Saint God, like that's kind yeah. of how he was doing, yeah. really. Um, and it did make sense because everything was close up. I think we're pushing the ball downfield more. That's opening up the middle a little bit more for the yeah. like we, we talked about it before. You in, in McVeigh system, you you pass to set up the run, not vice versa. Mm -hmm. In a right system, you run to set up the pass. Um, and man, they pushed the ball downfield. And that's so yeah. fun to see, man. Oh, it's so fun. Oh, man. Because I was starting to get, like, like feelings of, like, Baker last year. Remember when Break Baker just, like, always sure. for, like, three-yard passes? Sure, yeah. And it started to be like that. And, and that was like incredibly that frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they like that no yeah. more. And, man, Schubert hovered, man. I, uh... You know, you remember, you remember at the beginning of the year when uh, everybody was hating on Chuba Hubbard? And, I do remember that, yeah. I remember they, that even a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, they, wanted, they wanted to cut this dude, and they wanted to like do all this, and we were right. like, nah, man, Chupu yeah. is explosive. Chupu's, yep. Chupu's a good player. And uh, I got I kind of 
kind of crazy for that. Um, yeah. And now everybody's like, oh, that's our RB1. We want that guy as RB1. It's right. like, guys, let the guys play first before you judge what they do. Yeah, you know, there's, a, there's an interesting thing that happens when somebody has a really good training camp and, and stuff that sometimes they're just camp darlings, right? Yeah. Uh, Terrace Marshall Jr. comes to mind, unfortunately, for that. Terrace yeah. looked really good in training camp, and it just doesn't translate. And it's the second camp in a row that he's had that he's looked really good. Mm-hmm. Chuba looked really good in training camp, but it was like this very tangible improvements that you could see from him. Uh-huh. Not just the physical improvements that he made to his body because he added 20 pounds of functional strength. That's a, that's a, that's a giant physical change to go through, yeah. first of all. Um, but it didn't cause him to lose any of his quickness, agility, or explosiveness, it enhanced it. And his hands have always been the part of his game that people like to point to and say, that's why he's not a three down back. He's not great in the past pro people say, and he can't catch out of the backfield. So you can't rely on him to be at your running back one. He's got to be a change of pace and situational runner. Not the case anymore this year, man. Yeah, This dude has caught everything thrown his way. He is I, I did see him get run over on one blocking assignment. Um, and actually, I, I believe it was the like play. Like everyone that, else. Right, right. <laughs> and I believe crazy. it was the play that Bryce made some magic and made the incredible throw to Adam Thielen downfield. Mm. The, I mean, oh, that was, yeah. Oh, that was, yeah, that, that yeah, was, yeah. That was a uh, put that on SportsCenter, and I'll watch that literally for 24 hours a day, man. Just let me watch that on my 70 inch because that is like a XXX movie for me, just watching that. <laughs> the way that he threw that so just completely oh, out man. of. Out of out of structure, but on this unbalanced delivery, right? Yeah. I mean, he turned his hips and got straight for a split second and delivered a strike to where mm-hmm. only the, like it. I don't know, man. Like it's one of those things that when you watch Aaron Rodgers and Pat Mahomes do some of these throws, and you want to talk about it and you want to like break it down and say how he did it and how he was able to accomplish it, but then you kind of just stop and was like, what? What does it matter how he did it? Man? Yeah. That's, incredible like it was just one of those that makes no sense from a physics standpoint the dude mm. the dude is a slender guy and he's just whipping these throws man yeah. I, I'm, I don't know man i just really really enjoyed seeing the development and seeing bryce look comfortable um but you but yeah i'm sorry i, I went way off tangent uh, pineapple and somehow it came back to bryce young everything is yeah. coming back to Dude, so good, so good. But but Chuba did really good, I thought, in this game. And, and the 15 carries, I believe, for 28 yards, that's yeah. not good. That's less than two yards a carry. Now, he had the big run in the first that was called back because of a phantom blocking call on Tommy Tremble. I thought that mm-hmm. was an egregious flag, personally. Um, mm-hmm. That would have added about, what, 18 to 19 yards or something like that. So. Right. Sure, the yards per carry thing wasn't great. Nobody was getting any kind of action on the ground. Raheem Blackshear had a couple of bursts um, from the backfield. I thought he looked sharp, too. But when the game was on the line and we needed that third down conversion, Chuba Hubbard had the situational awareness to know exactly what he needed to do Mm -hmm. in that that instance and wasn't going to take no for an answer. The dude dove, got the yardage, yeah. and he does the Zen Muhammad uh, crossover celebration underneath the legs with the ball. I mean, dude, sign me up. Like, yeah, inject yeah. that shit directly into my veins for the rest of the year because that's the kind of attitude and and just promise that he shows that I want to see from that running back position, man. 
Yeah. Uh, if you're worried about Chuba's yards per carry, uh, B. John Robinson was 14 for 46 against that same defensive yeah. line. That defensive line is very, very, very good. Yeah. So, and they got Perriman. I forgot they had him. Right. Yeah. God, man. And it's like a kind of like a revenge game for, for him. No kidding. Yeah. yeah dude. It, it, oh. Player like that right now on this defense. Where oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we'll get the defense in a second. Um, but yeah, dude. Evero. Um, yeah, top. Man, so I, I, I was kind of worried about Chuba in this, uh, like this, this gaps game, and I didn't get to watch a lot of the game. It was my anniversary on Sunday. I watched um, bits and pieces. Was it? I think the more I think about it, I think he works in a past game in this offense because he kind of just is already going uh, in a gap scheme, right? Yeah. And he's just there, like yeah. where, where if you're like if you're like running up the middle. You're blocking basically, or you're, you're like selling a play action where right. you can kind of sneak out in a gap scheme. And it, it looked like when I was watching it, his it was like dump off. It wasn't like he was running routes. And right. I think he can excel in that. I don't know if he can excel as a route runner, but I think he can excel in that. Is that sure. kind of what you took from it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The route running for me isn't necessarily something that I think you're going to see them put an emphasis on for Chuba, right? Mm-hmm. I saw that Miles Sanders lined up on the outside, I think, on two snaps um, on uh-huh. Sunday. That's that's more in his wheelhouse. Um, I, yeah. I think that that makes sense to me. I don't even think that they need to ask Chuba to do that, though. But I think yeah. that you're right about being able to sneak out, though, and still make something happen from a, you know, just like just like you said, just moving through that gap and, yeah. and not having to not having to develop his own play there. Right. Just kind of a byproduct of the other flow of that right. concept that's being called. Yeah, um, and, and, he, and he's been shorthanded. So yeah, I do think that he could be efficient in that role. I don't think that they're going to call a lot of plays designed for him to come out of the backfield. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, right. but as a checkdown, I think that he is a terrific checkdown option, especially yeah. on like a made checkdown or something like that. I totally think that he can make that work. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like like a McVeigh kind of system. Because I thought that I was thinking because Kyra catches a lot of passes, but mm-hmm. I don't think he runs a lot of routes. No. So I think I it makes it, I just I think it was just off in my mindset of what, how she was working in this offense. Well, um, at, I, uh, I think Alex Alexander Madison. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. He catches yeah. passes, but I mean they don't really like design intricate right. routes and, and concepts for him though. Right. It's just sort of that. If you have somebody that can work the deep level, somebody that can work the intermediate level, that's the Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, and Jordan Addison, then you just need somebody that can stay in that initial first level of of the defense that can keep them honest and that can take advantage of a one-on-one matchup with a linebacker, right? Yeah, and if if you're watching uh, Jonathan Mingo pushing that ball downfield and and looking like Mm -hmm. Puka Nakua out there, then... You're gonna have a lot of underneath passes because they're be way worried, way more worried about that than they right. are about your little dump off pass. So, and you know that's a good segue too to talk about Mingo a little bit while yeah. while we're talking about the offense. Again, I'm going to come back to Bryce Young a little bit on this. Sorry, <laughs> yep. But it's all tied together for me. Um, we saw Jonathan Mingo drop an absolute beautiful pass from Bryce Young, uh, like anticipation placement, just absolutely beautiful pass by Bryce Young. Hit Mingo in the hands. Sure, it's not an easy catch. You got to reel it in, though. You got to help your right. quarterback. And you got to do your job. Right. Um, and then we saw DJ Chark have a awful drop as well on yeah. that on the deep out. Yeah, uh, man. I mean, that was another play where Bryce created that, 
and extended the play and made a just beautiful off his back foot throw to DJ Chark and he dropped it and he put it where only DJ could get it. Oh yeah, it was beautiful, man. It was perfect. But yeah. here's here's the thing though, man. Bryce Young showed his leadership in this game because what he did with DJ specifically, he went back to him three plays later for a first down completion. Three plays later, going across the middle, and he, and it was a contested catch, right? Like the, it, it wasn't it wasn't that he had a guy draped on him, but it wasn't some wide open gimme catch just to get him back in rhythm. Mm. Bryce showed that he still had trust in his guy, DJ Chart, to make that yep. play. He didn't waver. Yep. He went back to him. And that's what elite leaders do. They yep. lift their teammates up when maybe their teammates have an opportunity to get in their own head. Because that's what yep. you don't want to see, man. That's what you don't want to see from Chart. That's what you don't want to see from Mingo, right? Yep. These guys need confidence and they need momentum. And yep. Bryce did everything in his power to develop that to initiate that then he goes back to mingo and mingo on that and it was bryce's career long completion to mingo <laughs> oh, really? 40 yards that he hit him for and mingo wow. ran the best route of his career on that one he yeah whipped head, he sold that inside break and then he lost his defender and got open and the beautiful thing about when you get open for bryce young we've all seen that stat he doesn't miss you if you're open this is an accurate quarterback, and he will get you the ball if you get open. And he yeah. rewarded Mingo, and Mingo showed exactly why he was taken in the second round. Yep. Some people thought that was early. I was a big Mingo fan. I still probably had like a third-round grade on him. I don't have a problem reaching for a guy because of his abilities and traits. Mm -hmm. As long as you are going to put him in the right situation, yeah. you get the most out of that. Yeah. Well, that's what I think Thomas Brown is going to do here. I really yeah. think that he understands. Mingo was revered as one of the best blocking wide receivers in the draft class. You know who is thought of as probably the second best blocker in the draft class? Puka Nakua. Uh, I did. Yeah, yeah. And like, he's like Nakua, the worst. Puka, yeah. And Puka Nakua is doing everything in that yeah. big offense that is giving him the ability to be out there so much. You yeah. want to talk about like the best available or best ability is your availability. Uh, Jonathan Mingo led the wide receivers in snaps. He played wow. 99% of the snaps on Sunday with 66. Now look, that's the, <laughs> it's, it's splitting hairs here. Adam Thielen played 65 for 97% yeah. of the time. Like it's a, it's a, it's a middle yeah, school yeah, thing. Yeah. But the thing is, this is, this is where you're starting to see the identity though. Jonathan Mingo yeah. played 66. Thielen played 65. DJ Chark played 62. That's yeah. the three. Those are your receivers, right? Yeah. And what they all do is they get involved on the on the blocking. Jonathan Mingo is the puka role, though. That is where he, they want him to be. He's a big physical guy that wants to block. He enjoys that, man. You can see it when he gets in there. Like, he feeds yeah. off that, and that builds momentum for him. Yeah. If we start using him, and then the motion we, we, we talked about that we kind of expected from Thomas. We saw more don't come to a complete stop motion, right? The timing yeah. of the snap. Like, just everything was really starting to flow, man. And if yep. we see these guys being used in these matchup advantage situations that DJ Chark spoke about last week on the on the podcast, dude, it, we have got a serious opportunity to put together a hell of a run in this second half of the season, I think. Dude, and they were open. Like, yeah. Bryce has been trying to, like, literally, like, Thread needles all year long. 
Yeah. Every pass I saw, it's like, wow, they had like a step or two on that guy. Like right. he was open. Yeah. I was like, that is so nice to see scheme wise and every like it just felt good. Everything felt good except our offensive line. Yeah. Or just not offensive line, but Icky, Icky had a bad, yeah. bad day. I, you want to talk yeah. about what you saw in Icky with Icky? I mean, no, I don't want to, but we can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the audience would like to hear what you have to say about Icky. <laughs> yeah, so the, the interesting thing, though, with Icky, though, man, and again, this is something that has been so frustrating with him, is that so much of where he's losing, I think, is coachable stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, it is a, it's a matter of timing. I, I couldn't tell, man, and I haven't watched the All-22 yet, um, so I, I still haven't done my my tape study for this week. But watching it first time and then watching it on a rerun on the condensed replay, I didn't see like an over overly dramatic amount of oversetting and being off balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The timing of his hands that he's trying to engage with the defenders that he's missing and he's lunging and then he's not uh, not able to hold his weight. And he got, I mean, he got pushed over a couple times on like a bull rush, man. It wasn't all yeah. just rushes that he was having trouble with. I don't yeah. know if that's something in his head that he is just way overthinking. He, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's yeah. gotta, he's gotta, he's gotta rely more on muscle memory at this yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah. Like really naturally, because when he starts guessing and, and trying too hard, to figure things out, he's not playing with any kind of like natural ability. Right. And and that is a tough thing for a lineman. Now, I, I still thought that he did fine in, in run blocking. We know that he's going to be okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if we want this offense to take the next step and we want to feel good about the possibility of this offensive line, Icky is the key for that. Icky has got to turn into a guy that we don't have to scheme help for. We don't have to bring somebody over to help chip his you know, his assignment every single time you want to be able to leave him on his own and, right. and, and feel like he's going to win the majority of those matchups. And right now, I don't know that you can confidently feel that way. I think his hand placement and lunging is getting him in trouble. I didn't see a ton of oversetting, um, but there is just something with the balance and technique that is off with him right now. And I, I, I have a lot of faith in James Campen. But he's got his work cut out for him, man, and I need I need that to start to kind of like come to fruition. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't really know how else to say it. I just need something to actually start being tangible here, result wise. Yeah, I think you're. Yeah, it, it, yeah, you're, he's, it, he's not bad. Like he's not. I don't afraid. It, like it's almost like he's freaking himself out. Like he's yeah like, so tense. Like he, you can see what he gets out of it. It's like not just a normal like. Yes, you want to be quick to get out of your uh, the snap so you can pass block, but he just like is overly doing it. He just and he's yeah. just like, uh, it's it's you're just like calm down, man, relax. You got this. It's almost like you like, it's okay. and that's when the penalties start to come in, and that's when all yeah. that kind of stuff. It's like it's right. almost like um overly mechanical when you yeah. watch him. There's yeah. no there's no flow to the way that he's playing. There's no just like freedom of movement when he's playing. Yeah. He is very choppy like he's got i have to get here by this amount of time or i'm not going to do the right thing no matter what my defender is doing no matter what their approach is or their attack yeah. i have to do this and yeah. i don't know that that's very successful for him i think that he would be i think he would benefit from doing a little bit less guessing and more reactive 
blocking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. He's doing a little bit of a preconceived idea of what he needs to do as opposed to countering what that defender is doing. And, and right. I, and again, man, I'm not going to act like I am a expert on some of those things. That's not, that's not my wheelhouse being able to break down exactly what his technical issues on the offensive line is, but that's what I'm seeing from it. And I would love yeah. to see, you know, one of these offensive line experts, I would love to see what their take is on him. Um, yeah. Brandon, Brandon Thorne would be a guy that maybe I'll shoot him a link to, <laughs> to the game. Yeah. Hey, Brandon, help us out, man. Yeah. Panthers fans <laughs> are losing our damn minds, you know? <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but last thing about offense, let's, let's, dude, I, I came on here very early and I said, the easiest bet that you can make this year is Adam Thielen over 575 yards. Yeah, you did. He hit that week eight, yeah. his seventh game. He's at 581 yards. Yeah. God, I wish I would put more money on it. Uh, man, man. All in, didn't he? Yeah, God. Oh, and I could have done all. I, and I, I thought about doing alt yards, but I thought I was. Gonna, I would probably put it like seven fifty. I think yeah. what I was. I was thinking between seven hundred and eight hundred, and I just got lazy because I wanted to do other bets. Yeah, man. What did? <clears throat> Real quick before we pivot off of the offensive line too. Welcome back, Austin Corbett. Yes. Oh man. man. How Love awesome that. is that? And and did you see the uh, emotion that he had at uh, on the sideline yeah. at the end yeah. of that game? Yeah. A little bit of tears running down his face. This dude busted his ass and worked, what was it, 294 days removed from his um, serious ACL injury. Yeah. That training staff working with him every single day, the dedication that he had to prove to get back out there. I mean, I, this, I mean you're just talking about a guy, man, that's won a Super Bowl ring, right? He, yeah. he knows that he's a very good player. There's not a lot to prove as far as can he get back out there and show that he's not a one-hit wonder type. No, no, no. He's a good ball player, and everyone acknowledges that. It was an internal thing for him. He wanted to be back out there with his guys, with his brothers, his teammates, for his team, for all the staff that dedicated their time to get out there and do that. And when he sat there and he watched that game-winning field goal on his return and he shed that tear, man, almost made me feel like somebody was cutting onions. You know what I mean? Like that was, that was one of those situations though, dude, where you just realize how big football really can be and how much these guys put into it. And it's really nice to see that guy get a win, man. I'm super happy. And what a boost he brings to this team. I mean, Taylor Taylor Moten had probably one of his best blocking games, right? One of his best pass blocking performances of the year. I thought, yeah. And that's that tandem of having your guy next to you. Yeah. I thought that he also improved Bradley Bozeman's pass blocking on the inside. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He solidifies that unit, man. Yeah. And it, yeah. it cannot be overstated how incredibly valuable he is to this offense. Phenomenal. So yep. good. Oh, dude. Uh, man. All right. Let's move on the defense. I, I loved everything I saw offensively, except, I mean, there's a few, like, a few little things. But I'm saying, like, as far as, like, overall concepts and that, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I think you can only build on that. And I think they have confidence now. And mm-hmm. Shark said it. You just got to get one. Get That's one. It. And then and then you get two. And then you get three. That's and then right. all of a sudden, people come back and get healthy. And then you you have confidence and all this kind of stuff. We have uh, next 10, like out of the next 10 games, we have six games against teams under uh, that are, are under 500. We also have six home games left left. left. Both of those are the most in the NFC South. Mm. Yeah. I like those stats. Yeah. 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 Because uh, the uh, <laughs> the Saints have the easiest start of the schedule. 
We have played one. We they are the top of the division. We are the bottom. We are two and a half games back. We have played one common opponent, and that is the Texans. And the Texans beat the Saints, and we beat the Texans. That's right. So I can feel good. Also, there are in the entire league, there are uh, thirteen teams that are two and a half games back of the division or worse, and Panthers are one of them. So we but we we're in it, guys. So it's it's still possible. Thirteen. Yeah. Are you yeah. gonna say the Chargers are out of the playoff front? No, right, a, right. Exactly. Like, like I just everybody. Let's let's let, let's just enjoy it and let's move on to the next one, one game at a time. Well, and, um, and look, at, look at the yeah. landscape of the NFC too, though, right? Um, I mean, when you talk about the NFC South, first of all, that would be the the way that you would really look at it. And and I'm not, I don't want to necessarily make it seem like we're talking about, hey, we're definitely going to win this division. No, no, no. But when you look at the division and where we are, it's feasible to envision a path where we are competing week 14, 15, 16, 17 for that division lead, right? It, right. it exists. It's a real thing. Um, but the NFC in general, the 49ers are in a world of trouble right now with their situation. The Rams right. could be losing Matt Stafford um, with his thumb. I know he's day to day, but it, that's just one of those things that with a thumb injury, it could turn into an IR trip easily and they could fall out of contention. Yeah. Um you look at the, the the Eagles are really good. The Cowboys, I mean, they yeah. put a hurting on. Who did the Cowboys play this week? They were whooping the uh, uh, somebody. Oh, oh yeah, the Rams, uh, Rams. Rams. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that, yeah but you, you just that you just look bad. at and then Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is gone for the year for the Vikings. Yeah. Jordan Love and the Packers. We get them later in the year. I'm not overly concerned about them. I'm still very high on the Detroit Lions. I think they're terrific. I think they're one of the top three, two teams in the NFC. Yeah, but, this, but the NFC, this conference, especially our division, is not some powerhouse, man. Yeah. And it's not always, are you the best team that goes into the playoffs and makes noise in the playoffs? It's, are you the hottest team? Are you developing at the right time? And yep. we have this added benefit, man, of making these internal changes and adjustments going in after six weeks of the regular season. We start playing our best ball and rattle off a Lions or Jaguars type of run to end this season. I can promise you this, man. If we're not competing for the division, no team that is competing for the playoffs is going to want to see us down the stretch of this, of yeah. this NFL season. Because yeah. we are a team that has way more potential right now than I think most of the teams in the league coming from a where we started to where we could finish this season. Yeah, uh, Steelers, Jags, and Lions started off through week eight. They had two wins or less. They all ended with nine. They all ended nine and eight. And yeah. Lions would have made the playoffs if they didn't run into the Panthers. Yeah, uh, we, we started uh, what uh, one and five last year, and mm-hmm. we were a game. We were a quarter away from making the playoffs. So yeah. a lot of game, lot, lot of lot of season left. So no doubt the doom and gloom shit. Like get out of here. I don't want to hear yep. it. Yep. Uh, I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but like, let's let let's let it play out. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's get to the defense. Uh, freaking Frankie Louvu is a sit here from heaven, and he is <laughs> everything I want more in a defensive player. I he freaking love a, that dude. He's a, mo- he's a Polynesian angel. I love him. <laughs> and his mom came and saw him. Like it was just everything. Everything. Yeah. Is there another standout that you had uh, on the defense? Um, no, I mean, I think Frankie Louvre was the absolute standout. Now, I, I, there's a couple of guys though that I would talk about that get a really 
large amount of grief from fans that I thought had solid days. Dante Jackson would be the first one that comes to mind. Yeah. I thought that Dante made a couple of plays. Now he forced that fumble in a yeah, really big play. opportunity. Yeah. Huge. We talk about the back breaking turnovers that this team has like yeah. sustained, right? The Panthers. We dealt a couple in this one. And it, and it was them all nice. here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we just give it right back to him. Sorry to be yeah. with you. No, 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 you're right. That Dante Jackson fumble force, though, that was a pivotal play, and and I really enjoyed seeing him have a positive impact on a game. I don't know what that does as far as does that boost his trade value, or does it solidify that this team doesn't want to move on from him at the trade deadline, which, by the way, that is today at 4 p.m. There was one other thing, though, that I did want to talk about that I found interesting, and I wonder if this wasn't a very concerted effort and something that we can expect seeing going forward that possibly had a lot of impact on Luvu's performance, on our improvement against the run, is that Deion Jones... Deion Jones, man, played 23 snaps as opposed to Camus Grugier-Hill's 19. Yeah, For the first time this year, he outsnapped Camus. And Camus has been really good in coverage. He's been very solid. That is, that's his bread and butter, former safety, right? But he's also slight. He's a diminutive guy. And he has had some trouble with run fits. And Dion, dude, he's, Dion's had some issues. He's had some missed tackles. But his awareness and responsi- responsibility and the integrity of his assignments, I think that there's some more confidence that this staff has with Dion Jones that they don't have with Camus. And that would just be my interpretation of the snap difference here. But something made a significant difference. And when you have Dion playing more of that inside linebacker role and you free up Frankie to kind of move a little bit and get back into the pass rush, there is tangible results after watching this one. Fairly decent pass rush. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Brian Burns also. Shout out Brian Burns, man. Anyone that says that this dude doesn't give effort, you're just not watching these games. He yeah. is one of the only edge players we have that can generate any pressure on his own. And he showed it multiple times. Even yep. if he didn't get multiple sacks, he got one, I think, on Sunday. Even if he didn't finish the play and get multiple sacks, he moved that offensive line backwards on multiple occasions. That dude can generate pressure and that dude can get after somebody on his own. And I think he's the only one on this team that can do that. So I, I, I yeah. just think that. And now we saw Justin Houston um, left the game with an injury as well, correct? Uh, yeah, I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Uh, but we, we saw DJ Johnson play more for him. And I mean, he didn't do anything that made you like, wow, look at DJ Johnson. But yeah. he did make some plays. He, I, I thought that yeah. he was involved. I thought that his uh, motor looked pretty good. He's a gamer too. Like he, he has yeah. a dude. His motor is insane. He played. He played twenty nine uh, snaps on Sunday. Man, that's the most yeah. he played. And he actually came down with some cramps during the celebration from overusage. <laughs> um, he had to get. He had to get carted back to the locker room because he had bad cramps, and everyone thought that he was another victim of the turf of Bank of America. But luckily, we avoided <laughs> that one. Man, uh, what do we what do we do with Chen? Like, what is going on with Chen? They just let well, he's on. He, well, he's on IR, right? Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like this. Yeah. Like Schultz didn't do anything in the middle of the field. Tendell didn't do anything in the middle of the field. Like, right. We shut that that interior down. Yeah. Yeah. 
We didn't miss him at all. No. Yeah, if if that wasn't if that wasn't an indication that you can operate this defense without him, yeah. then I, I don't I don't know what else would be. Now I, I'll say this though: just because you can do something without a player doesn't mean that that player doesn't have value though, as far as oh. depth and being deployed yeah. as a you know situational weapon type of thing. But yeah. we've just been we've been sold a much different um, outlook and idea of what they were going to do with this player. Yeah, and, and and I just think that we saw on Sunday that with him not being available, it didn't cripple this defense. It didn't take anything major right. away from it. And so maybe we do look at it going forward to say, well, clearly we're not going to offer an extension and, and pay big yeah, money yeah, for that yeah, player. That, yeah. So do we have any chance of getting a return on whatever value he may have? That's what I was asking. Yeah, is he, you know, is like he your preferred and, trade candidate. Like, yeah, and and sure, we're not going to be able the the team that would acquire him, wouldn't be able to get his services for three more weeks because of the IR stint. But what if you're talking about a team that is going to the playoffs and that just has the, you know, creative defensive coordinator to use him in a certain way, right? Like, Mm -hmm. look at it from, this is just a a random thing and I have no idea if there would be any kind of interest. But, like, the Miami Dolphins, this is a team that has a good secondary. They got Jalen Ramsey back and he looked really good. Yeah. What if you just had Chin and he played 15 to 20 snaps a game for a defense like that where they yeah, yeah. strictly used him in situational needs, right? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. give a coordinator like Fangio or, or one of these really innovative defensive coordinators, Yeah, give him the Swiss Army knife and see what he does. I, I think that Evero's really innovative too, but he just doesn't fit what we're doing here for some reason. I don't know why that is. Yeah. I anticipated him having more um, of a role. But yeah, man, I think that if you can get anything for him at this point, and I mean anything, like yeah, yeah. fifth, sixth, seventh, whatever it takes, you're not going to get that when he leaves next year because you're not going to sign him. Yeah, I, I kind of think that Luvu is a problem for him. I think he would work in that sort of, like that kind of role uh, somewhere else. I like him in the Bills. I think he'd be really, really good in the Bills, and they're definitely beat up. But they mm-hmm. tend to have bigger safeties. They they play big uh, as a team in general. Uh, I, I just, I feel bad. I have a chin jersey. I have a Jeremy chin jersey. I, yeah, I, I like that guy. Yeah. I like that guy. It's, you're right. It's just this, this, it just doesn't work. But shout out to freaking, oh, and uh, uh, Jamie Robinson decided. Uh, I thought he played yeah. pretty well. Yeah. yeah. He played okay. Yeah, that was uh, fun. Uh, uh, I thought he played okay. I mean, I, the secondary in general, like I, I was worried and they were there. That's good. Everybody's, yeah, everybody's a monster. Him, Brian Flores, uh, yeah, Fangio, like mm-hmm. they're excellent. They're excellent. Yeah. Those those defenses, have, all three of those defenses have been awful this year, and then they became all of them. Get played Minnesota Vikings, <laughs> the right? Like elite now, right? Everyone and turned it, this defense around too. Yeah, and I, I'd be remiss if we're sitting here talking about sightings of players. Um, Equaliota got his. NFL debut on Sunday. And yeah, he did. Defensive snaps plus some special team snaps. Ooh. Great job for Iku, man. I'm so happy for that dude to get out there and play. Yep. He had a terrific summer and, and offseason, man. And I I really do believe that give him the snaps, man. Let him get the work. Yep. Let him try it out. I, I don't think you have much to lose, especially if Justin Houston is dealing with anything that, that lingers. Uh-huh. I, I want to see what he could do, man. And hey, look. Maybe it wasn't about him. Maybe it wasn't about uh, Deion Jones' extra snaps. All of these things that we just talked about. But this formula of players 
and snaps and coaching schemes and uh, tendencies and things like that. It worked for the first time for the season on Sunday. Keep on doing those things. (laughs) All they had to do was get Reich out of there. And they're like, let us do this, man. We're good. Also, we need to talk about an offense. Raheem Blackshear? Yeah, man. Two catches for... This is the, that's the guy that I was talking about at the beginning of the mm-hmm. season. I was like, mm-hmm. in fantasy, look out for this guy. And he, and he looked good in the return game, too. Two, two catches in 26 yards. My biggest qualm is like, why are you making that run, man? It was yeah. like 32, and you give it a hit. Like, right, cute. right, right, right. Cute. Like, right. And so there yeah, were some things like the, down, the, Yeah, there were some things from the coaching standpoint, like just touching on it briefly since you were talking about like the why would you do that in that situation. We talked about like the situational play calling from Thomas Brown and what you would hope to see different. There was, there was the first drive where they got down there and they went for it on fourth and goal, you know, and they ran or they ran the ball three times for that drive. That was one of those almost like you could tell it was his first time as a play caller in the NFL because he was aggressive and stayed with what he wanted to do for the first portion of that drive to get down into the red zone and goal to go. But then once he got in there, it was almost like this, all right, maybe I should just do the traditional run the football and and do yeah. the numbers game as opposed to staying aggressive and believing in myself and my philosophy. And you saw later during the game that he did not deploy that same conservative approach. So uh, there's oh, going to yeah. be some learning, some on-the-job learning with Thomas Brown. That's something that we have to anticipate and know is, is a possibility. Uh-huh. But I really did think that, man, we saw some smarter – sequencing and and tendencies from this offense that were really beneficial to everybody involved yeah yeah oh man uh, it, it's it's just so funny that we just mm-hmm. they pick up these guys that like and, 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 so I, if you look up job and taylor's uh heightened weight in uh 40 time i put it against miles sanders heightened weight in 40 time Pretty much the exact same. Like it right. really wanted him in a Frank Frank system, and mm-hmm. Thomas Brown's like, "Yeah, yeah, bro, I'm doing my, I'm doing my thing." Yeah. And yeah. yeah, take take your take your uh uh, uh your Mo Ali Cox or your uh whatever. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a triple in right. at my uh take uh, my Hawkinson, right. and right. he'll do he'll do this for it. It's and it makes you feel bad. It makes you feel bad because like. They came here, they've got money, and, they, right. they, they're, and they're just probably going to hit the bitch. <laughs> yeah, and they'll be all right. I mean, those are those are also names, you know, as we look at the trade deadline. The Miles Sanders, the Hayden Hurst, those are also guys that technically do have value in the, in the trade market because there are teams that are looking for veteran running backs to, to solidify their running back room or to serve a certain role. And if – if there are teams that are calling about some of these other guys, Miles Sanders can fit that bill too, technically. Yeah. Now, the other thing, the other thing about Sanders, though, man, is that if you look at his contract, dude, his contract isn't terrible. People like to point to it and say he can't make too much money. His contract isn't terrible. He's he's a contract that if we take on a portion of it, a team will gladly pay him what oh, he's yeah. getting paid oh, for his yeah. services. Well, we already we already uh, front loaded a little bit. Like we already right. uh, was. Right. I think I think he had like a five million dollar. Um, yeah, uh, or six know, maybe. maybe. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it was six. Uh, so we've already eaten like half the contract of the right, guarantees. Right. Uh, but man, like you know where he's gonna go? Jonathan Gannon is gonna be like, hey, he was there, he was with me last year, and Connor's out. Come on, oh, Miles yeah. Sanders. And Miles <laughs> Sanders gonna be like, 
Yeah. Great. Yeah. Hey, you know where? You know why people go to the desert to die? <laughs> like that's not. Don't go there, man. <laughs> but he's you know like, what? Hey, like, look at the other on the other token though. They get Kyler Murray back. Maybe they do want to see what can this what can this offense do? Uh, no, it doesn't. Work yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not gonna try to sell that. Yeah, he's like, can I go to see with uh, Sky Stachin? He's like, no, I got Taylor and Moss. What are, I don't know. Right. Right. Yeah. No, thank you, man. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, I, I, I like Miles Sanders. It's well, but you know the Bills just the Bills just picked up Leonard Fournette, right? Like they yeah. just signed him to their practice Bye. squad, and this dude, and they, yeah, and this dude wasn't even playing football. So if you if you got teams that are competing and going towards the postseason, yeah. and they have interest in a guy like Leonard Fournette, you cannot tell me that there's zero market for a guy like Miles Sanders. There is a yeah, oh yeah, oh, it may yeah. just oh. be an underwhelming one for what fans yeah. would want in return. But from a realistic standpoint, dude, if you want Chuba Black or Chuba Hubbard and Raheem Blackshear. If you want them to get more involvement, which Chuba's going to get it, man. He had 45 snaps to Sanders, what, 12 on Sunday? Yeah. It, it, it looks like Chuba's backfield, in my opinion. Yeah. And, I, and I think that that's a good yeah. thing. Um, but if you want them to get more involved, then I think that at some point you do look at this and say, well, man, Miles just isn't in our future plans. Can we yeah. get anything? Yeah. Hayden Hurst is a similar way. If you're going to use Steven Sullivan in that pass catching role, like of a strictly pass catcher out yeah. of the tight end alignment, then what is Hurst? purpose what is what is that's he what I'm saying that's what, I'm, that's what i'm saying like uh, god i like him but, there, but there's got to be places where he could be useful. oh yeah yeah they're both good players definitely good yeah. players and they would work with frank Wright, but they don't work with thomas brown so you talk about the meritocracy that, that yeah. Frank was talking about yeah I think that this is a Thomas Brownocracy, right? Like I, I do too. I do like, too. Yeah. Like Frank Reich wasn't yeah. trying to get things based off of merit. Frank yeah, Reich yeah. was trying to do things the way that he's familiar and comfortable with, and yeah. what he prioritizes and how it fits. Yeah. Thomas Brown is the one looking at you and saying, <laughs> yeah, "No, nah, man, there's guys that play good football, and there's guys that aren't playing good football. I'm going to yeah. play the guys that are playing good football, and that is that is really beneficial for our team." It's not yeah. entirely beneficial for somebody who wants their kind of players to be playing. Uh, yeah. You know? Oh, uh, dude, looking back at like looking back at week one, and it was Hayden Hurst draped with a guy over him trying to get this ball and hold on to it mm-hmm. because there was no separation mm-hmm. to that beautiful everyone's open. Yeah. Like it's so spaced, spaced out so well. And that's yeah. another thing. We had guys that were just like almost running into each other. Yeah. It was just, there's these guys just in space and it was right. amazing. And there was underneath and it was just beautiful to watch. Oh, I you know, love you know, it. So you know, much. another aspect, man, since we're sitting here talking about all this and I thought about another thing with defense, thinking about Frankie Lubu. Yeah. One of the things I really enjoyed about his performance as well. He, he seemed to figure out that if he wasn't going to be able to get through the offensive line to to generate pressure on Stroud, that he was going to kind of like play possum at the line yeah. right up until he saw Stroud getting ready to throw it, and he deflected multiple passes doing that. Yeah, Could you imagine, first of all, if Bryce Young had oh, had yeah. the amount of deflected passes at the line oh, that C.J. Stroud had? People would have lost his damn mind. Yeah, so weird, so weird. Um, But Frankie, but Frankie was such a really smart thing for him to do that. Hey, if I can't get through there because I'm getting double teamed on this line or something like that because I'm one of the only ones that has any kind of aggression getting after the quarterback, if I can't do that, I'm gonna figure out another way to make a play. You know, and and I just really appreciated that. 
I also think that having Xavier Woods back there helped out a lot of these guys in front oh, of him. Oh, so good, was, yeah. Yeah, and there was just a, there was a comfort level, I think, that they had of, well, no offense, Matthias, but Matthias Farley isn't behind me. And yeah. that's not the guy that I'm relying on picking up if I if I drop in and I go down towards the line. I don't have to rely on Matthias Farley taking this big area of space and, and, yeah. and holding stake. I think that with Xavier Woods, man, they felt pretty good about him. I thought he looked good with his tackling. And I just think that that secondary as a whole plays better when you've got the veteran leadership of one of those safeties back there. Now, when we get yeah. Von Bell back and we got both of them again, and God forbid, don't let me get J.C. Horn back there in the secondary as well. Oh, yeah, you probably won't hear the yeah. end of me preaching about this secondary, man. Like with Evero's proclivity to coach up a secondary and get the most out of them, I, man, I, I think you, you deploy Troy Hill in that nickel. And that's another thing that Chin has oh – Man, <laughs> Troy Hill's been terrific. He's been one of the best nickels in the league. And that's something also that has really hurt Jeremy Chin, I think, is that Troy Hill has kind of been like, <clears throat> yeah, look, I'm not a big guy. I'm not the big nickel. I'm not the star. But I can play that role. I'm, I'm, I might be a smaller dude, but I'm not scared to get in there and mix it up. Um, yeah. And he's just kind of, again, he's earned more reps. God, man. I just wish we didn't start. We didn't start 0-6. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because we, we would be talking about a, a really interesting rest of the season outlook, right? <laughs> Yeah, I, like I'm trying to like. So we said all this wonder, all these wonderful things about all these guys. You gotta get a pass rush. We yeah. played excellent coverage. Yep. But he, CJ, as, as, as like, but much I like CJ Stroud. Mm-hmm. We're gonna play Trevor Lawrence uh, this yeah. year. Like we're gonna play. Yep. Like we're gonna play good quarterbacks that can pick us apart if they have all day mm-hmm. to throw. We we gotta somehow find a pass rush. You got to get after it because when you play a, a team like the Cowboys who we play in three weeks, yeah, yeah, um, that's a team that has a pretty solid offensive line and yeah. that has perimeter weapons that yeah. if you give too much time, just like you were saying, to a guy like Dak Prescott, yeah. he's going to make the right decisions and he's going to pick you apart and he's going to beat you. Um, Trevor Lawrence is another good example. But it, it's our pass rush and it's our offensive line protection. Those are the yeah. two areas. Yeah. And and are still our wide receivers. I we still need a a big time playmaker in that wide receiver room. I think. Um, I, I think that Jonathan Mingo has the ability to develop into something really good, but he's not your prototypical number one receiver. I still yeah, yeah. think that he looks like a very very good complementary piece. Yeah, if, yeah, yeah. It all, if it all kind of like comes to fruition, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it'd be, it would literally be like Puka without Cup. Like they wanted to get cup back. Puka's really excellent. good. Yeah, yeah. He's really good. But I don't think he can carry an offense as number one. Uh, right. I think that's kind of similar. Yeah. I um. So let's talk about that. Even though, like, by the time this comes out, the trade deadline would already pass. Is there a guy that you you'd be looking at mm-hmm. to bring bring in? Man, that's really tough because honestly, for the draft capital that it would take to get some of these high end receivers, yeah. first of all, first of all, from the offensive line you're not going to be able to acquire a big-time offensive lineman in, a, in, I, in the midseason. I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to be okay. I, I don't think that they're going to move anything. I think if, if they do something, if they make a move, I think it's going to be as sellers. I think that they're going yeah, to yeah, yeah. their pieces. Um, you're, talking about for, you're, talking about, you're talking about for everybody or just the offensive line? Oh no no! I'm talking about for everybody on the on the Panthers. Uh, yeah, uh, okay, I, yeah, 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 yeah. 
I agree with line, that. I, I don't I don't anticipate any kind of move offensive line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're gonna be fine. There's I, I, too I, much I, value on offensive linemen in the NFL yeah, that yeah. if you have a good one, you're not getting rid of them in the middle of the season, right? Right. Um, yeah, yeah. From the wide receiver standpoint, I would still take Jerry Judy, man. I'm still a firm believer that Jerry Judy offers something to this offense that we don't yeah. have currently on the field. So yeah. I still think that he would be worth the what ten game tryout plus of uh, the next year's contract that you have that you can either offer up the extension or not, or you keep him on that fifth year or you keep him on his final year of his rookie contract. I still think that that's a move that I would make, but I would only do it for a third or a fourth. The report yeah. out there was that they wanted a first for him. I would yeah, absolutely yeah. not do anything like that. Um, yeah, a career, a career 50 yards a game. And, yeah, uh, yeah. and he has one touchdown every five games. Like, right. I would, I would trade, I would trade a first hypothetically. We don't have one. So in theory, we <laughs> are going to do that anyways. I would trade a first yeah. for a guy like Devonte Adams. And that's about as far as I would go with that. Um, because yeah. Devonte Adams is a star wide receiver. He's not going. Oh yeah. 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 They've said that he's not going anywhere either. So this is all hypothetical, but as far as, Defensive line. We already saw the commanders already dealt Montez Sweat today to the Bears. Yeah, um, and that cost a second round pick. Yeah, for the Bears, sure, man. Maybe they think that's a good idea on the surface because it's yeah. a good player in a position of need. Like it, it really yeah. does make surface sense. Yeah. But he's going to want a new contract, and you don't know what your franchise outlook is in Chicago. Like your head coach is probably gone. Yeah, are you going to ride probably. with Justin Fields? Yeah, probably. <laughs> are you are you going to ride with Justin Fields? Or are you going to spend your draft capital on one of those rookie quarterbacks next year? Because if you do that, then you also need to build around that guy. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah. So there's just a lot up in the air, and then you still got to pay Montez Sweat next year. So you paid that second round price as like a right to negotiate and to yeah, try yeah. to sign him to an extension before everyone else, or else you could have just kept that second round pick and thrown that same amount of money at him in free agency. So it's a, yeah. it's a wonky decision there, but that, yeah, that's not my problem. That's the Bears. Um, yeah. yeah, that's at their problem. The Pan- at least the Panthers are like two and a half games out of the division. Yeah, like yeah, the right. Panthers are like four. Like well, the, Bears, the Bears have won what two out of their last three, so maybe they do have some sort of internal um, false mm. beliefs that they're going to make a push here. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. but they also play against the Lions in their division. The Lions are running away with that. That's so what I'm not saying. Like that's a like, division winner. Right, right. right. Yeah, um, but no, from a Panther standpoint on this trade deadline, man, I think that. The most likely situation is that you see selling going on. I think yeah. that you can see Terrace Marshall Jr. played what four snaps on Sunday. Yeah, and in that's a situation what made me where, kind of, yeah, kind of think that he's gone. I mean, dude, he could have he could have been showcased there and yeah. and tried to like bring up his trade value or to see if he could fit in with the Thomas Brown situation. That it, that's just not going to happen. I think. I think yeah. I'm a Terrace Marshall fan. I like him. I think he's got a lot of really good physical traits. Yeah, it's just not working, man. And like, I don't want to see him be, you know, sandbagged here either into an opportunity where he doesn't get his chance to try to play. Yeah, but it's not going to work here. And you can get anything again. I mean, anything, a swap of six, Uh, then do it, man. Like, I I just think that that's got to be a situation we all move on from. Mike K made a great point when we when I talked to him last week, he said, maybe that's an opportunity for Derek Wright to come up off of the practice squad. And Derek Wright had a really nice rapport with Bryce Young all offseason. So yeah. try that out. If the, if the yeah, Terrace yeah. Marshall thing isn't working, then yeah, bring up Derek and see if that adds anything to the offense. What's the worst thing that happens, right? Um, yeah. Oh, man, I, don't think, I don't think that we acquire right. anybody, though, man. My gut feeling. Yeah, I, I, I'm i trying to think of places where Terrace would be good. I like I like, I like him on the, the um, uh, Bengals. They get the LSU guys back together. LSU yeah. gang back. 
or yeah. the uh, or the Vikings and get the <laughs> get those LSU guys back together. Yeah, just now you uh, got Jaron Hall throwing the football out there in Minnesota, yeah. so I don't think they're trying to. I'm excited about Jaron Hall. Yeah, Jaron Hall's got the physical tools, man. But uh, if you if you like um, what's his name, uh, Jordan Love. If you like Jordan Love, you're probably gonna like Jaron Hall. Okay, because they've yeah. got a very similar game, man. And it's not oh, yeah, just a you know BYU thing, but like they yeah. have a very similar game where they've got good physical abilities. I just I never yeah. mind this. Yeah, different. yeah. Jordan, Jordan, Jordan Love just I me mean, after four years of sitting behind Aaron Rodgers, uh-huh. still process. Uh-huh. Like, he just can't go through his progressions and process. Right. It's like hit, and he doesn't know simple things like let me not throw a dart at uh, Romeo Dobbs like four yards away from him. Just tell me more, but but I want people to tell me more about how beneficial it is to sit if you have yeah, the opportunity. Yeah, look, man, you can learn on the job too, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at least our guy did. Oh man. All right, cool. Man, we can talk about this all day. I all freaking day. I freaking am so excited about But the about point of this one was it's a recap about our week eight yeah. contest. And if you haven't heard already, the result of that week eight contest was a Carolina Panthers win. We had a Woo! victory Monday here in North Carolina. And in <laughs> North- <laughs> we had a victory Monday for the first time of the 2023 football season. Yeah. Thomas Brown, one to know as a play caller. Austin Corbett, one to know this season. Uh, Panthers against the teams under 500. We are undefeated. Iku Lyoto, one to know this year. <laughs> you go. <laughs> Who else? Let's give everybody. And, and, and also, the Carolina Panthers are one and zero when there is a Panthers player on the Kitty Lit podcast the week prior. Let's go. So yes, exactly. I'm just saying, like, if 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 this is something that you guys want to continue and you're really willing to turn every stone imaginable, I have a stone right here that you could turn. Just send a player over every single week, and we'll uh, we'll make sure that we keep this train going. Yeah, tell uh, tell uh, Chenault that he's come defend his fashion sense. Yeah, man, you're not gonna let him say that about you, are you, Biscuit? <laughs> oh, <Biscuit. laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yo, thanks, Adam Thielen, for making me some money. Really, really <laughs> appreciate you. Uh, now all I need is Bryce Young to keep this rolling and get Offensive Rookie of the Year, and Let's those will nail my Panther bets. Uh, and I really hope that they. Saints start losing because my biggest call, my second biggest bet was under nine and a half. I think they're gonna be under nine and a half. Okay. Um. All right. Anything else? No, nah, that's it, man. We're gonna be back later this week to do the uh, preview for the next win. I mean, next yeah. game. <laughs> and we're probably we'll probably be just as excited for that. Um. Absolutely. So we'll end it like we do every single time with a big keep pounding. Keep pounding, and also happy Halloween. And I realized that we just did an entire Halloween episode without saying spooktacular. This was a spooktacular episode. Yeah, that's kind of corny. <laughs> yeah, I know. All good. <laughs> there you go. That's what it should have been. <laughs> All right. Bye, y'all.